clearly the bosses wanted you to offer explanations. So clearly, somebody no, they had a did not have the, nobody. Let's go, Jen. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers remain with Demar Hamlin. That's gentlemen. where the focus Certainly should have been, and continues. not on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go back to Shannon's face. Shannon's face, right there. Look at that. <laughs> Hello, it's Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, and welcome to the Dang Apostrophe. I know when you ask me about these injuries, and, and, and I give you my thoughts, if you really want to figure it out, I think Danny O'Neill has the best uh, translations for me. I haven't gotten sick of Pete introducing me yet. That might happen at some point, especially if I keep doing these on a regular basis. But not yet, not yet, not tired of it yet. I am Danny O'Neill, Seattle media expat, current New York City resident, Substack author, aspiring memoirist. I'm sure there's some other stuff that I can ram in there, but uh, this is The Dang Apostrophe. It is a podcast that is attached to a newsletter that I would ask you to check out. Also, please feel free to rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It does help people find out about the show. You might wonder why it's called The Dang Apostrophe. Why? Well, it's because it's I'm similar to the punctuation mark in my last name that continues to... Hanging around, hanging around. Kids got alligator blood. Can't get rid of him. I'm not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. At least not anytime soon. Wanted to get started with today's show by a thought that I had not considered. What would happen if Jim Harbaugh ended up being hired as the coach of the Denver Broncos? It was suggested by someone I like a great deal on Twitter, Justin Sanders. And he said, give me Jim Harbaugh to the Broncos immediately. This isn't a snarky thing. I love Jim Harbaugh. The NFL was just more fun with him. Plus, pairing someone as weirdly abrasive with Russ, he's low-key great with QBs. Yeah, give me that. I'm interested. I am absolutely interested in this. And I kind of agree with Justin. This isn't an entirely like, I don't think it would work for Russ. It might. What do we know about Jim Harbaugh? He, he coaches really physical teams. And when he was in San Francisco, they had a powerful run game. Now, Greg Roman was there and was the offensive coordinator, and I think he had something to do with that. But the idea that Harbaugh could sort of provide a springboard for Russ, yeah, I could see that. And most of the thoughts that I've seen so far about who coaches the Broncos, Sean Payton's the one that gets mentioned a lot. Clearly, Russ had an interest in Sean Payton. The Saints were one of the teams that his agent mentioned to Adam Schefter after the 2020 season when there was the list of what? It was four teams that he would accept to trade to, though he didn't want to be traded. It was Chicago was Dallas, it was, was it Miami? No, Miami wasn't in there. Miami was the sticking point. The fact that Miami went in there, it was the Raiders, and then it was the Saints. Peyton stepped away from the Saints this past year. I, we'll see. What, what Sean, if Sean Peyton comes back to coaching, 
this offseason, where he ends up going will tell you a lot about how he views the quarterbacks that, that are there. I actually think that there's a better chance he ends up in Arizona than Denver. I think that Kyler Murray right now, who clearly has some warts or faults of his own or questions about him going forward, in addition to the really unfortunate injury that he suffered, I I think that might be that might be considered a better quarterback trajectory, like a better possibility there with him. He's younger. Um, I personally. I I think that that Sean Payton would choose Arizona ahead of Seattle. I also think it's possible he's just going to go back to New Orleans. Um, that that being said, I haven't heard a lot of other discussions about who will be there. And Jim Harbaugh, to to be fully transparent, people have said he's coming back to the NFL. Most recently, uh, in a press conference, he he said, "I think that I'll be. I see myself at Michigan going forward." Kind of. I consider it fairly non-committal. Who knows what will end up happening? I think that Indianapolis will be very interested in him. I could also see Denver being really interested in him. He had a really good run in San Francisco, and it ended pretty abruptly, and I think it was mostly, I think it mostly ended because of personality conflict between he and and maybe not even the general manager, maybe the the owner, Jed York, or the surrogate owner, or the owner's son, or whatever you want to say. Here's the other question I have. Is it best for Russ if he gets an offensive-minded head coach in Denver? Or he gets a defensive-minded head coach who then hires out his offense? I think he's better off with an offensive coordinator who's not his head coach. If he has a head coach who is offensive-minded, that head coach is going to have a lot of power and is probably going to have more power than he does within the organization. I don't think he's going to be tied to the quarterback. I think that Russ will be the starting quarterback no matter what happens next season. I think after that and what happens after that will depend on how Russ plays. What if it's not an offensive-minded head coach? What if it's a defensive coordinator? What if it is someone who is more of an overseer, more of a a, a sort of an official capacity, like is the head coach and then has a guy that he puts in charge of the offense? Even if he's not fully subcontracting it out, like, hey, that guy deals with the offense— like Holmgren used to do with the defense. He would hire a defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator dealt with the defense. If it's someone who is an offensive coordinator, you could hire a young and sort of aspiring or developing sort of offensive coordinator. You could also hire someone who's more of a veteran. And that person then has their sort of fate or employment their success tied to Russ. I think for Russ, the best case scenario is for him to get a young and sort of developing offensive coordinator who sees Russ 
and sort of getting Russ to bounce back from last season as his ticket to a head coaching job. It's in Russ's best interest to have whoever is calling Denver's offense next year to have his professional fate tied to Russell Wilson. Whereas, let's take Harbaugh for an example. If Harbaugh ends up being the head coach, Harbaugh, if they have a bad season next year, is going to be in position where he's going to have the juice to pick the next quarterback. He's not going to be tied to Russ in the same way. It'll be fascinating. I, I'm really, I'm really interested. I spent this entire season watching the Broncos. I wouldn't say I've been more interested in the Broncos than the Seahawks, but it's been captivating. And next year is going to be just as interesting. E- even with Seattle not being tied to to Denver's sort of fate like they are this year, where Seattle is benefiting from Denver's futility, Seattle's going to get a top five draft pick. They're, they're going to be in position. That pick could be, it can get as high as two. If, if Denver loses, Denver plays the Chargers, and Chicago wins, Chicago plays the Vikings, who, in fairness, the Vikings, the Vikings don't really have an incentive to play. I mean, there's seeding that can be improved, but they don't have a shot at being... The home, they don't have a shot at having the number one overall seed. So it's possible that Chicago might go against a Minnesota team that's resting people. If Chicago wins and Denver loses, Seattle has the number two overall pick. If Denver wins and Indianapolis and Arizona both lose, Seattle will have the number five overall pick. Like That's, that's the range of possibilities there. But even next year when Seattle's not going to be tied to Denver's fate, I'm still going to be really, really interested to see exactly what happens with Russ and whether he bounces back. I think he's been hurt. I think he's been hurt for most of this season. I think that he was in an offense where even if he designed that offense and had a huge amount of say in it is not conducive to his, it it didn't set him up for success. It's not the best offense for him to succeed. I, I think he'll be in a better offense next year. I think he'll be with a better coach. I also think there's some questions about Russ's his explosiveness, his his ability to 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 evasive. Like there was Daniel Jeremiah, who's a former NFL scout. Um, also, everybody he, on Twitter moved the sticks. He's also been with NFL Network. He talked about. It. He said he's never seen a non-running quarterback have their athleticism erode as precipitously as Russ did. He used the term monotone. There's no explosiveness. All movements are monotone. I'm not sure we should consider Russ a non-running quarterback. And that's not because of how often he rushed and how many yards he gained. He's not Michael Vick. He was never Michael Vick. But behind the line of scrimmage, he's run a ton. I think if you look at the distance that he ran on the field, not the yards gained, I'm not sure you don't consider him a non-running quarterback. All of that's part of what we still have to unpack over a season with Russell Wilson's performance. And going forward next year, we know he's going to end up having a different coach. And I'm going to, I'll sign up with Justin Sanders. I, I, I would enjoy seeing Jim Harbaugh coach him. I spent a lot of time on Tuesday writing about 
talking about Skip Bayless, the tweet regarding DeMar Hamlin, the reaction to the tweet involving DeMar Hamlin, looked at Skip's introduction to Undisputed, his show. I promise that this podcast and newsletter is not going to become a, <laughs> a regurgitation and critique of Skip Bayless's work. However, we had Shannon Sharp back on Undisputed on Wednesday, and it was fairly hilarious if you're into awkward, difficult, somewhat testy exchanges. So I'm going to play the beginning of the show. The beginning of the show, which actually, when I was checking, was not available in the on-demand part of the Fox Sports website. And I don't know if that was just sort of a, a, a fluke and a technology thing, because like when you hit the replay... It went to the end of Craig Carton's show, and then you got the start of Undisputed with the Lil Wayne. By the way, like, having Lil Wayne do your intro song is pretty baller. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. Like That's pretty baller. But then it jumped to Colin Cowherd, and I think it was even from like Monday's show. So I don't know if that's a, techno te a technology fluke or somebody hadn't ironed it out or they're like Fox Sports is like, yeah, we don't want the intro to the show being replayed and captured and broadcast. So I got this off of Awful Announcing. Is is It's Awful Announcings. I'm recording Awful Announcings recording of the start of, of Undisputed. And let's get going right here. Share Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this. In watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Um, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happen, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field. So it struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something. And although I disagree with the tweet uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, time out. Time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by okay. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me. All right. Okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Let's go. Okay. I don't know either of these two dudes at all. And it's possible that this is all staged for attention. I, I want to acknowledge that part. Like I'm not some sort of ignorant person that doesn't realize we're in an attention economy and that this is something that has gained a lot of attention. So I don't think it is. And most of that is based on sort of my understanding of who Shannon Sharp is. I know people who are close friends of his by everyone's account who knows him he's a real person like it's not i don't think he's acting it's possible skip is and i to this day i don't know skip might be the ultimate method actor and he just never breaks character or he's really as self-important and sort of combative and weirdly contrarian like that that's genuinely who it is i i don't know i don't really care but from the dynamics of a show, what's happening here is a dispute between how to handle something and the violation of sort of what was agreed upon. It's very clear that they had agreed the show will start. Shannon Sharp will say something. Shannon will make it 
not totally clear why he wasn't there yesterday, but basically say he didn't agree with how things had been characterized the night before and didn't want to make his appearance on yesterday's show into an argument over Skip's tweet. Like that's, that's clearly what has been agreed to. Now, Skip feels that once Shannon said, I wish you would take it down, that that was not what was agreed to. Like that's, it's in watching this and I've watched it a few times. It's very clear to me that that that's, that that's the actual argument that's going on here. Um, I'm going to now play it through because it's freaking hilarious. Skip tweeted something, and although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it. Well, yes. time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay. I stand by oh. what I tweeted. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me. All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead, let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Well, you could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me. I, I didn't I, know I was going to bring no, up No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where <sighs> DeMar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into, okay. your, not get into your, uh, uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay. I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No. Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations. So clearly, somebody. No, they did not have. Nobody. Let's go, Jen. Thoughts and prayers remain with Demar Hamlin. That's where the focus should have been, and not on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you. Okay, and then they go on and they have a a regular show. The the part of this that is fascinating to me, other than sort of the the train wreck part of watching two people have a very uncomfortable disagreement while they know everyone is watching is there's an actual tension here in the execution of the show. When you do a radio show or you do a television show in this case, which is it's, it's, it's structured like a radio show. There is a level of cooperation that is required there are certain things that the participants, the hosts, the people that are engaged in it cannot do. Because once you, you break the rules of cooperation, then the other person feels like they're being made to look bad because you've stopped agreeing. I'll give you an example. If one host says here's my opinion on this. And the person who he's working with responds by saying, I don't even know why you're talking about this. This is stupid. There's a level of trust that is being broken there because the person who's saying, like, I don't know why we're talking about this is basically throwing all of the blame for the subject matter onto the other person. And saying, and now that person has to defend why they even care about it. Um, and I'm, I'm using that example because that's something that specifically happened in shows that I've been on. Another example of it would be if you critiqued a decision by a coach. Pete Carroll doesn't go for it enough on fourth down, and I think he's really stupid. And the co-host says to you, well, 
who cares what you think? You've never even played or been a coach. That person who made the comment about Pete Carroll now is in a position where either they have to defend their right to have the opinion, whether they have, whether like they are going to then question the other person's credentials. Like there's a level of cooperation that breaks down. Like you have to take the other person seriously. Like, I mean, that's basically it. Like you have to take the other person seriously. And if you don't take that person seriously or you do things to make it clear that you don't take them seriously, the trust that's necessary for the show to happen starts to break down. And it's fascinating to watch. The best comparison that I can come up with is it's like a pro wrestling match where in a pro wrestling match, those two combatants are cooperating. Like they're doing things that are entertaining. They're even taking physical risks, but they're cooperating. And the only way it works is if those two people trust each other. They trust that he's not going to do something that actually hurts me. He's not going to, when I'm in this vulnerable position, do something that actually damages me. We're going to make it look like it hurts. And in some cases, it actually might really freaking hurt. But we're doing things to protect each other without necessarily letting the audience know. Like, that's, that's the performance part of it. Clearly, there's no physical risk in in a show like this at all. There's no physical risk. But reputationally, in terms of your credibility, like all of those things, there are risks. You have to take the other person at least a little bit seriously. And if you do things that in that other person's mind are underhanded and come at your expense, the trust starts to break down. And that's what's happening in, in this segment, I started by saying, like, I don't know if this is real or staged. And I don't. I think it's real. I think that what we just saw is the reason why this show is not going to survive. I think it's done. Probably not today and not tomorrow, not this week, and maybe not even this month. But I think a year from now, this show will not be on the air because I don't think these two guys trust each other. And specifically, I think the issue is Shannon feels that Skip is insistent upon making it about himself. Shannon clearly does not want to debate Skip's tweet. He doesn't, he doesn't want to get into it, and he doesn't want to... Let's skip and have a big, here's what I really meant. People are misinterpreting me. I can't believe it. Shannon doesn't want to do that. Shannon clearly wants to say, I wasn't on the show yesterday because I thought the focus should be on Damar Hamlin. And I thought if I came on the show, we were going to end up talking about Skip's tweet. In saying those things, he also made it clear that he thought Skip should have taken the tweet down. Skip's not willing to let that lie there. I want to go back to watch through it again so you can see where the trust breaks down. And then although I disagree with the tweet, uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, but I didn't want it... Well, yep. Time out, time out. I'm not going to take it down because okay, I but, stand by okay. what I tweeted. So Skip is 
insistent on if you are going to mention that I'm going to fight about it. I he he does not he is not going to let Shannon say I didn't feel the tweet was appropriate without arguing with him. Shannon's perspective is I'm on this show, I've got a right to say what I say and I don't want to engage in a debate over your tweet. And when you hear kind of what Shannon says later, you can, you can understand that Shannon's perspective is, I didn't think it was the time to tweet about the game. I wasn't alone in feeling that way. And our bosses asked you to clarify it. So there's clearly an issue with how you phrased it. But he doesn't want to get into a back and forth. And Skip is very dramatic in the size and all of his body language of basically, I'm not going to let you say that without me fighting you about it. And Shannon's response to that is to withdraw. And that's, that's why I think that the show is dead, is because Shannon's response is, then he goes, Jen, take it away. He's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not taking your opinion at face value and debating you over this. This is not content. I want myself withdrawn from the furor that you created with what was either a very poorly worded tweet or something that actually did betray sort of the way that Skip feels about the importance of the schedule of the game. And and I'm opening it up that I think that there's a gray area, and I talked about this yesterday, that I get that Skip Skip's actual tweet didn't say what most people are alleging it said. It was clumsy, and the emphasis is on the wrong, and I get how most people got to that conclusion, both because of the way he wrote it and because of his history and the persona he's cultivated. But but Skip's got a point here. Like, I'm not, Skip does have a point, but what Shannon's saying is, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to do any of that. And Skip's like, no, 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 we're doing it. And, and Shannon's response is to withdraw. And you'll hear it twice. He throws it to Jen to say, I'm not doing this. And it's, it's, a, it's a very fast... I mean, I'm fascinated by the dynamics of how a radio show works, or television show in this case, of how do you have respectful dialogue and acknowledge differences I have always thought that Skip Bayless, his entire appeal depends upon having a foil who takes him as seriously as he takes himself and that that person is basically obligated to follow the script that Skip has laid out. And it's an incredibly lucrative operation he's got there. And Shannon is in that role. And maybe it's lucrative enough and prominent enough that Shannon will continue in that role. I don't think he will. Like I, 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 I think, even if it's not right now, I think he's done with this. And that breakdown that you can see like, is clearly when he is <laughs> just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. The trust has been broken here. You won't even let me make a point without shifting the attention back onto how righteous you are, and I'm not doing it. Skip, let me okay. finish. Let me, All right, okay. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Let's go, Jen. 
Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Well, you could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me. I, I didn't I, know I you were going to bring no, up No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to yesterday to get into a situation where DeMar Hamlin was the issue. We should have been talking about him and not get into okay. your not get into your uh, uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay. I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No. See, now that skip saying, no, we're fighting. We're fighting about this. If you got a problem, we're going to fight about it. <laughs> Shannon's like, I don't want to fight about this. I don't want to engage with you on this. That was your deal. You handle it. I'm not here to save you from that or to give you plausible deniability or serve as your foil. Clearly, the bosses wanted you to offer explanations. So clearly, somebody. No, they did not have. Nobody. Let's go, Jen. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers remain with DeMar Hamlin. That's gentlemen. where the focus should have been and not continues. on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go back to Shannon's face. Shannon's face right there. Look at that. <laughs> uh, it is Danny O'Neill. This is the dang apostrophe. This is your second podcast that's available this week. I hope you rate it, review it. Please consider subscribing to my Substack, and I will talk to you soon. Then more Sean Lane. Shut up, Danny.